The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. NBA Flashback is a production of iHeartRadio and the NBA. Happy Holidays! And welcome to another exciting night of NBA basketball. Watching NBA, you know, on Christmas Day as a kid was what I look forward to every year. And it's just a, a different feeling of excitement about spending time with family and watching the greatest teams of that year play. Just fly up to the rim, ho, ho, ho. Man, there's nothing better than playing on Christmas Day that you know all the families around the world that watch that game with their family. So it's a fun experience and it's a, it's a present that you can give to the fans. Kumbo took that Christmas gift away from Alonzo Trier. Legendary rivalries, epic rematches, and the best teams in the league meet each year on Christmas Day. For basketball fans, the NBA is a huge part of the holiday festivities, serving as a backdrop whether you're opening gifts or sharing a meal with family. Christmas Day, you know, D-Wade throwing off the glass, LeBron catching it, dunking it, catching the left hand, dunking it, dunking it under the rim. Wade finds James! Wrap that and put it under your Christmas tree. Christmas Day games are an opportunity to change the course of the season and bust open expectations. You know how hard it is for NBA teams to get that platform to play. And you know so many greats have played on Christmas as well, so it's a huge honor. And he took off just like Santa Claus does when he goes up the chimney. And as we get close to Christmas... There is no better time to start a new NBA podcast. I'm Sarah Kustak, NBA analyst for the Yes Network, a broadcaster for Fox Sports, and as a basketball junkie, 
I am excited to be the host of this new podcast called NBA Flashback. The show takes you back to the greatest moments in NBA history, using archival audio from the NBA, as well as new interviews with the players and coaches who were in the building. We will dive deep into some of the most legendary games and performances of all time and talk with the best minds in the game. In our first episode, we flash back to a very special Christmas Day game in 1984. The Nets versus the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, a night where Bernard King put on a spectacular show, scoring a then-Knicks record 60 points. Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to Madison Square Garden, where tonight the New York Knicks host the New Jersey Nets. That's Sam Rosen from MSG Network. Hello, everyone, a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday Season. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas Day. It's Christmas Night Basketball, something that started back in Madison Square Garden in 1947, and this is the 32nd Christmas Night Basketball game to be played at the Garden. It's the Knicks and the Nets, and this is the fifth time in the last six years that these two teams have gotten together on Christmas night or Christmas day. As we get you ready for the game, we begin with then Knicks head coach, Hubie Brown. Hubie is a two-time NBA coach of the year, a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, and one of the greatest NBA analysts ever. In his 1984 pregame interview from the locker room, he gives an honest assessment of his team heading into the Christmas game against the Nets. Here's Hubie. Their problems are different than our problems. They have a low post power game with Kaminsky and Buck Williams. Consequently, their guards are open on kickbacks when they get double teamed. We do not have that luxury. Uh, If you double team us outside of Bernard King, uh, you're very foolish. Now, let's bring in Hubie, along with then-Knicks player, legendary NBA executive, and close friend of Bernard King, Ernie Grunfeld, to give us some perspective on this game where we saw peak Bernard King just a few months before a devastating knee injury that changed the course of his career in NBA history. Hubie, Ernie, first of all, thank you so much for for joining me here and to relive such a special moment. We know how much Christmas Day games mean and what an honor it is to be able to play on that day. Um, So take me back, Hubie, you first. Describe what it was like December 25th, 1984, Knicks Nets at the Garden. What do you remember that morning about getting prepared for that game? Well, first of all, you were the only game of the day. And the Knicks, for five straight years that I was there, played on Christmas Day, and it was the only game. So naturally, when you put in the fact that it was New York and New Jersey, uh, both teams had an awful lot of talent with great success in 83 and 84 before the 85 season. Now, they had injuries, and then we lost two of our uh, best front court players in Truck Robinson and Marvin Webster, who retired over the summer because of medical problems. And then in that game, Billy Cartwright, our starting center, was out with a stress fracture, one of four operations. But the rivalry was great. Uh, they were loaded. They had a terrific backcourt, Michael Ray Richardson and Otis Persong. And then up front, they had Albert King, Jaminski, and Buck Williams. 
So we knew that it was going to be a great game. And I think Ernie, from a player standpoint, could give you another look. Well, from my standpoint, it was a, a regular game. We did the same things you always do. We come in and you prepare and you have your routine. And we were actually good friends with all those guys from the Nets because uh, we practiced in New Jersey at Uppsala College at that time. And we, we used to work out with the Nets during the summer all the time. So it was just a regular kind of game for us, although you were on the big stage because you're getting ready. Actually, I think I was hurt that game and I was just sitting on the bench trying to keep stats for Hubie like I do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie, I'm interested in you saying that, though, because as a player, I think all players have a different perspective going into games and um, treating it, approaching it the same. Bernard King, though, he is known for his pregame intensity, how he gets locked in. Was there anything different from your perspective? Do you recall in watching him as he got set for that one? I don't think there was anything different. You know, Bernard is really unique, first of all. I played with him three years in college. Even though I'm from New York, I'm from Queens, he's from Brooklyn, we never really played against each other in high school. I'm a year older than him. But in college, we played together for three years. And then you come to the Knicks, and we played together for four years there also. He had the unique ability, which I have never seen any other player, to really just turn it on. It's like a light. It switches on and off. Oh, that slam jam, bam, Bernard King style, and a rock and roll in the garden. And he just motivates himself. His locker was right next to mine, and uh, sometimes he'd just sit there trying to motivate himself, and he'd work himself into a sweat. And I don't know how he did that. I remember one time we were in there, and this is when Hubie first became the coach, and Hubie, you know, he had a lot of stuff up there on the board, and all the keys to the game and everything else. And Bernard would be looking down, trying to get ready, you know, trying to do whatever he does. And Hubie says, B, watch this. Pick your head up. Watch this. So he picked his head up for about three seconds and he put his head back down. Hubie says, B, watch what we're doing. Watch what we're doing. <laughs> so, so he watched it and he put his head back down again. And after a while, Hubie just said, ah, he's going to score 40 anyway. Let him do it any way he wants. <laughs> Every player is different. So you're dealing with a cerebral player who was one of the greatest athletes before the accident to the ACL and the bone in the leg. Before that, running on the fast break in the left lane, the only guy that could compare to him in the 80s was James Worthy of the Lakers. They could fly on the break. Then they could execute in the secondary break if the break didn't score. And then if they set into their sets, whatever you ran for Bernard, his efficiency at the college level of averaging 25 points, shooting over 60%, then he comes into the pros and here he is with us and he's scoring all of these points. He's leading the league in scoring at this time of this game. Bernard pulls the trigger. The efficiency, the high shooting percentage, and then the high foul shooting. He could get his shot off of any double team and the quickness with the spin moves right or left leg. And it wasn't just his quickness. It was also his explosiveness and his toughness. He was extremely physical, and he did a lot of his work before he ever got the ball. He made sure he got really good position when he was down on that low post. But as Hubie mentioned, running the floor, especially on that left lane, he had the unique ability not only to go straight, but to go laterally. So if the 
defense was set up against him, he could split the defense and still go to the basket with authority. He had so much explosiveness that he can go finish with a dunk off the break going 100 miles an hour. And he's just a fierce competitor. He's a fierce competitor who has great skills and a very, very high basketball IQ, as Hubie said. Well, I want to ask you both about that because in watching this game, it was just sensational seeing what he was able to do and especially how he got cooking so early. Bernard King unties it. He's fouled. Jim Carvelis and Butch Beard on the call for MSG. I wouldn't do that to my worst enemy. <laughs> Put him on Bernard King, especially if he was a rookie. Well, you just saw Otis Birdsong saying something to Jeff Turner, and Turner says, what am I supposed to do? Don't create contact. You can't stand behind him, Jeff, and you can't three-quarter him, and you can't front him. You just hope. Well, what else does he do? Well, you just make him work as hard as you possibly can and let him get his points and hope to make him work down on the offense on the defensive end when New Jersey well, has all Turner's going to do is take jump shots from the outside and Butch Beard was on the call he was like I, I don't know how you guard him you, you can't stay behind him you can't front him you can't three-quarter deny him I don't know what you do how did players teams how did you feel like they tried to and, and clearly that night the Nets were not capable of it but how did you feel like teams tried to slow him down First of all, you got to give the team and the chemistry to run the plays that open up the players in their high percentage areas when you talk about half-court offense. Now, in the open floor, Ernie said it perfectly, the explosion. Now, remember, he's 6'7". Now, we had all kinds of sets. Once we came on the break, it wasn't there. The secondary break, naturally, he would be the number one option of what we were doing, that game of how we were trying to score in the secondary phase. But during the regular season, we had a number of sets for him and for Cartwright, Chuck Robinson, you know, basically our our frontline guys. So they had all different things that they knew that we would run. And we were also taking numbers, grading that on each possession. On the bench, we had people doing that. So we knew which plays were good, which plays were not working as we were moving through the quarters. Then also, if you surprised us with how you were going to double team or double team, and if he split, how you were going to rotate to him, that would open up different areas of the floor. The physicalness, you could beat on him, you can double team him. He's still going to split and get to his spots. Ernie, how much, because you brought that up, just the physical play. I mean, in this game, just in the first quarter alone, not only does Bernard have 20 points, but Jeff Turner, Kevin McKenna, Michael Ray Richardson, they all were trying to slow him down. They're all in foul trouble. He said, I don't think right now, the way New Jersey is hurting, that they have anybody to guard Bernard King. Bernard King got it to Spiro. Got it to Bernard King. And a foul, a tripping foul on New Jersey. Who are they going to get this on? Ramsey. Ramsey fouled Bernard King before Michael Ray Richardson. Most people consider 20 points a game a terrific offensive night. Bernard's done it in 10 minutes and 48 seconds. Was that a part of the strategy of how you think Bernard approached the offensive side, or was that just in the flow of how he played? 
No, it was everything he did was planned. We lived in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, and we were like a mile away from each other. So we worked out every day together before we went to scrimmage with some other guys. But he thought out everything he did. If you gave him the ball in the low post, if the double team came from the top, he would go baseline. If it came from the side, he would go this other way. He had a counter for every move that the defense was going to give him. And it was planned, and he practiced it diligently every single day. In 2013, Bernard explained his approach to scoring. So there's only five ways you can defend me. That's it. I created an offensive move for every way you can defend me. That's it. And if I did that, then I'm always going to be a force offensively because you have to give me one. Once I, you give me that move, then I have spots that I'm going to go to, and I will not shoot anywhere else. You've given me what I wanted, now I'm going to go to my spots. And as Hubie says, nobody practiced harder than him, ever. And he just did that on a daily basis. He just had that ability, and that's what made him a great player, plus his high basketball IQ. You can just read it. He had a great feel for, for the game and where everything was coming from. And then, of course, the, the ferocity. He hated to lose, and uh, he was an outstanding teammate. For a guy that averaged so many points, you know, he was an outstanding teammate. I remember Bernard had missed a couple of weeks with, with he hurt his finger or jammed his, his finger, and he didn't play. And some of our other veteran players were playing really well. And we won a couple of games, and then Bernard comes back, and the production from those players went down. And as Hubie, you know, he keeps track of everything. Believe me, I've told Hubie this before, but Hubie had analytics in the 80s. But he didn't have a computer to run all the numbers, so he did everything <laughs> on a napkin. <laughs> but as he said, he kept track of every single thing, every fast break, and how what the conversion rate was, offensive rebounding, and what the conversion rate was. So... Some of our players, when Bernard came back, their production dropped a little bit. And we had a team meeting, and Hubie put everything up on the board saying, you know, ten, for 10 games straight, you guys did this. Now, in the last six games, you're doing this. And, uh, you know, everybody's listening. And one of the veteran players says, well, Hubie, we're not getting the ball because you're calling plays for Bernard every time. And Bernard is a very respectful guy. He doesn't say much, really, in the locker rooms, but he leads by example, for sure. And then Bernard spoke up and he said, Hubie, this game, don't call my number once, except the last two minutes, I want the ball every time. And then Hubie says, well, you have to get the ball because, you know, he's shooting 57 or 58%. But anyway, they agreed to it. And Hubie said, okay, we're not going to call your number except the last two minutes. Bernard had 42 anyway. <laughs> okay. You remember that, Hubie? Oh, yeah. Look, I, I'm sitting here, Ernie, and I'm thinking of game five the year before in the first round at Detroit, it was the best of five. And in that series, he's playing with a splint on his middle finger. Okay. And where we, he, we got to be careful where we hit him because of how many times he could dribble and have the pain. Well, his fingers may be bothering him. There's no question about it. He keeps rubbing them, trying probably to get some filling back into them. And in that series, he only scored over 40 in four of the five games, and then one game he had 36. And in the big game that morning, in the walkthrough, if you remember, it was 100 degrees in 
that arena because it didn't have air conditioning and it was a Sunday afternoon on national television. Right. We had to go play at Joe Lewis. That's right. And what's his name? The doctor was then that, you know, shooting him up, to get him some energy and that because he didn't even do the walkthrough. And all he did with that game was score 44. That's all. That's all he did. Yes. 44 points and for he, Bernard King. He hit that with two defensive players on him. And that's it. The New York Knicks have defeated the Detroit Pistons in overtime. 127-123 to take the series in five. And they'll go on to face the Boston Celtics. We were with them, and we just loved the competitiveness. There was never an excuse because he played both ends of the floor. He boarded. He ran as hard as he could on the break. And then he was a great team player to play with. Unbelievable. I, I, I love that. And you could see, Ernie, just even in your in your story about just Bernard and how he got things within the flow of the offense, even maybe if plays weren't called for him, sets weren't called for him. But I'm curious, the first half of this one, Hubie, it looked like he was getting the ball in the low post and the low block at, at so many possessions, and he was just going to work. And New Jersey continues to stay close in the game, even though Bernard King is eating them alive. It's been a one-man offensive show by the New York Knicks, Bernard King against the New Jersey Nets. Unbelievable. How many times did we use that word to describe Bernard King? 49-41, the Knicks. He's definitely on a roll that time the Knicks formed a triangle and Sparrow got it down inside. For as much as we talk, we talk in today's game of the NBA about guys getting to their spots and Hubie, I know that's a big thing for you. Did Bernard have certain spots on the floor? From the looks of it, it felt like every spot on the floor was a spot, but how much of the post-up game or the strategy um, in the half-court offense was about understanding where Bernard's spots were? With the great scores that you have, you always talk to them before the season even starts about where the best plays were ever run for them at the high school or college level or with a team that we just got the player from. Pet plays that they like. And in those conversations, they would tell you where their areas are. He liked to talk about he had nine different areas. So it didn't matter what you ran, right side, left side, so forth, because in the league, most players can score in two out of three areas. Now, with him, it didn't matter which side of the three areas that you're running. That's what made him so great. Now, you have to realize that at the end of the season, with a month to go, he's leading the leading in scoring at 32.9. And second and third are Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, and Purvis Short, all right, tied at 28. Up until that March accident, just think about how great he was playing that there was a difference of four four points in the scoring. You don't see that today. Well, he was a well-rounded player. He could do everything. You know, I think that he liked the left box a little bit more than anywhere else on the court because he had a beautiful shot, a jump hook going into the middle. And if you took that away from him, he would spin, go baseline for a little fadeaway 12-footer that was unstoppable. And uh, the efficiency was off the charts. Coming up, we look back at one of the most dominant first halves in Knicks history. 
40 points. 40 for Bernard King in the first half. I didn't think about doing that. I didn't know I did that until I was leaving the floor. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG dot com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources spectrum one is a big deal you get spectrum internet with the most reliable internet speeds free advanced wi-fi for enhanced security and privacy and a free spectrum mobile unlimited line with nationwide 5g included all while saving big for the big speed big reliability and big savings you want get spectrum one just $49.99 a month for 12 months visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Here you're going to see Bernard King do it all. First of all, he's going to grab the rebound right here. Now the nice little lob pass to James Bailey, who is running the floor well. He is out of control right there. He puts it up hard. There you see Bernard King snaking in, tipping it in. Bernard King coast to coast. 40 points. 40 for Bernard King in the first half. So you mentioned the efficiency. So halftime of this game, Bernard has 40 points, 13 of 16 from the field, 14 of 17 from the free throw line. Just incredible efficiency to go along with those big time numbers. What was the conversation like in the locker room? And, and, I'm I'm curious from your perspective, Hubie. You guys were um, you were up by ten at that point at the end of the half. But for Bernard to have forty points to go along with it, w- what was said and what do you remember about it? Naturally, we were ahead. We were up ten. But what happened 
was in the second half, you know, for the game, we missed 12 foul shots. We were still up four at the end of three. But Michael Ray Richardson had a great second half. And I do believe in the game, he had like 35, 30, uh, he had 36 36, yeah. yeah. But he, he heard us. And so did Mike Jaminski at the center position. Ramsey got a step and gave it up to Michael Ray. Two-point shot, two-point shot. It was on the line, but now the next lead is only two. And Michael Ray bringing him back now with 24. Now, if we had Cartwright, it would have been a different story. But Cartwright was out, you know, for a long period of time with the first of four fractures in his foot. So Jaminski was able to also take advantage of our centers that we had at the time. And we had a lot of inexperience there. Jaminski, what a game he's played. We talked about Michael Ray, he's played a good game. Jaminski's been terrific. 25 points and 12 rebounds, and the Knicks lead is only one. But got to always be prepared for the other teams of how else are they going to try. Yeah, sure, they tried those three young guys at the beginning, but then they came with George Johnson, they came with a 6'10 guy later, and they came with more size. I'll tell you what, George Johnson is really making him think, isn't he? Well, he's making him alter that shot, especially when he's posting down low because of his long arms and timing. And here you see Buck Williams coming into the game for Jeff Turner. All right, Buck in. They're going to keep uh, they're gonna keep George Johnson on Bernard, though. Why not? He's the only guy that's had any success on him at all. And then they changed their rotations on their traps and that. Well, then you had to be prepared for that. You can't have a great score and not have answers to how the opposition is going to come at you that you might not have been prepared for, say with something new. Well, at halftime or at timeouts, you have got to be able to adjust and your team has got to know that what you are giving them, we have done before and we've seen every type of defense that you could have on Bernard. Because you got to remember now, the year before, in 84, he scores 50 twice down in San Antonio and in Dallas. Bernard looking for 50, and he's got it! Back-to-back 50-point games for Bernard King! And then in the playoffs, he got over 40 those four times against Detroit. And in the second round, they said he'd never get 40 against the Celtics. Well, he let us a game seven. So you have to be able to answer to your team in that type of a situation and hope that we can continue on what we were doing. But the thing which was hurting us along because we were a power team and you could get to the line in that was the fact that we missed 12 foul shots in that game. And then we eventually lose by uh, four. Well, also, Hubie, I think that Calvin Ramsey came in for them off the bench and had, like, a big second half. Yes, he did. What a shot by Ramsey. Calvin Ramsey. Tremendous shot, and he's played really well. 20 for Ramsey. And he's the reason why New Jersey has gotten back into the game, especially the second half. Absolutely. And then also, as you mentioned, George Johnson. I don't think George scored that game, but he had four block shots and really clogged up the middle in the second half. Right. And George Johnson got a piece of that shot. The ball went off New Jersey, so Johnson got a piece of that Bernard King shot. Well, George Johnson is the second leading shot blocker in history in the NBA, and that time he did get a piece of the shot. You know, he, he, was, he was a really good defensive player at that time, and, and he really helped them. Both of those guys really 
help the Nets in the second half. You guys were up by four at the end of the third quarter. At this point, Bernard right. has 51 points. And you mentioned Michael Ray Richardson. To touch on him quick, he had 24 after three quarters. Um, you mentioned ending up with 36 points. How tough, just in general, was he to stop? And you look at his career and um, you look at some of the challenges he overcame, but just a, a player of his caliber um, trying to slow someone like him down? Well, you're talking about an athlete that had size as a point guard, and he was extremely quick, and he could get into the painted areas. He could score. He could make the passes, etc. He could do everything. He was an all-around point guard. Now, when he was at his best physically, he was one of the most destructive point guards that we had playing in the league at that time. Unbelievable. Michael Ray with another tough shot. What a game Sugar's playing. Uh, you agree that that, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas were probably the top two, but Sugar with his size That's and right. the things he can do. And he pushed the ball up the court. I mean, he got the ball up the court quick. He's a very good defender, long, had quick anticipation. So, yeah, he was right up there at the top. The only thing he didn't have, his shot was a little bit inconsistent at times. But as far as the open court, he was deadly. So let's let's get to the record-breaking moment of this game. Scoring record for the Knicks and for Madison Square Garden was uh, Richie Garrett's 57 points. Did Bernard know he was reaching that? Did anyone on the bench know? Was was anyone aware, um, not just of the numbers being put up, but th- but these records um, were about to be broken? Well, if they did, they, they didn't announce it, okay? <laughs> uh, and Richie was a great player, you know, in, in college. and was a Marine and a, was in the service uh, as an officer. And uh, he was one of the toughest players ever to put on a New York Nick uniform, believe me. And I'm talking of the entire, entire years that the Knicks have had a team. Richie was one of the toughest ever to play. Looking now to tie Richie Guerin's 57 points, which is a Nick record for a Nick player. On this foul shot, he's tied the record. 57 points for Bernard King. But as far as us knowing that that was the record, no, that's... You know, that, that all comes out after the game uh, when media, you know, searches back or stuff like that. Or maybe they look back in the fourth quarter uh, with the record. But, but the guys on the bench and, that, and the coaching staff, you're, you're, not, you're not involved in anything like that. At, at least we weren't. Uh, myself and my coaches weren't. Now going for an all-time Nick record. Points in one game. You saw it here. 58 for Bernard King. The Knicks lead by one. Brooklyn-born, uh, to think about the garden, how much at that point, you didn't know the injuries to come, but that um, that Bernard had overcome. How big of a moment do you feel like that was for him? Well, uh, it's always a big moment when you score that kind of number, you know, especially on the big stage, the whole country's watching you and with the efficiency that he did it with. But afterwards, you know, I think he would have much rather had to win and scored less points because that's the kind of guy he was. That's how he always was. Winning was big with Bernard. He was not a boastful type of a person. As a matter of fact, Randy will tell you, he was very quiet, uh, even at practice or during the game. This guy just played the game with the face 
he matched that with his talent and his heart. That's what you loved about this guy. I tell you, Jim, what's so great about it is that Bernard King has had ups and downs in his life, and he's been able to get over the hurdle, and now he's on a tremendous high as far as his life, his career is concerned, and you like to see that because this is what, you know, the world sports is all about, doing well as Louis Orr leaves and James Bailey comes in for him. So I'm happy for Bernard King. It's by two now. Bernard King looking for his 60th point. 60 for Bernard King, and it's by three. No matter how hard you hit him, no matter how many times you put him down, he's coming back at you. And naturally, when we get down to the closing end, we can't close, and you got to give the Nets credit. They were able to execute at the end. Uh, but the underlining of the 60 points, well, when you think about it, what is it, 25 to 30 years later, it's finally broken in the garden. And just think of having a record like that in your home area. And then for his family, the entire family and everybody being at the game and being able to see you excel, it had to be a remarkable day for his family. And the Jersey wins it. Bernard King becomes the all-time single-game scorer in Knicks history with 60. Unfortunately, we lost that ball game. But for me to score 60 points in, in a ball game was was something I didn't believe I did. Uh, it was an incredible feeling I, I had that night, and to be doing it in New York City, the city where I grew up, was very, very special. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG dot com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources spectrum one is a big deal you get spectrum internet with the most reliable internet speeds free advanced wi-fi for enhanced security and privacy and a free spectrum mobile unlimited line with nationwide 5g included all while saving big for the big speed big reliability and big savings you want get spectrum one just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. 
It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. If you notice, he'll always bring up the fact that he only scored 19,655 points, okay? He always brings that up because he was short of the 20,000, which was his goal. And just think about that a second. You talk about guys having goals. That was the burning thing inside of him to get to 20,000. It's incredible. And, and Hubie, I just want to circle back to, to what you said in, in first looking at the records being broken on this night. Um, the Nets won 120-114, but Bernard was 60 points, 19 of 30 shooting, 22 of 26 from the free throw line. Kobe finally broke that record at the Garden in 2009. Carmelo broke the Knicks record in 2014. But to think about these records standing alone for 25 years and 30 years, and Hubie, I know you touched on it, but Ernie, how impressive is it to think about with those type of players and the, the caliber coming through that those records stood for that long? Well, don't forget there was no three-point shot. There was the three-point shot, but nobody shot the threes. Bernard never took three-point shots. So he got that you know, on twos and foul shots. And uh, I'm sure Kobe and Carmelo had a bunch of threes with that. But it just shows the greatness of the guy, you know. And uh, nobody's more deserving because nobody put in more work. He was good to be around. He was very unselfish for a guy that averaged so many points. He was extremely unselfish. And as Hubie mentioned, he was quiet. He was fun to be with, but on the court, he was all business. He didn't want to be bothered with anything. He didn't want to be distracted with anything because he had laser focus on what he needed to do. How do you think, Hubie, you first? Um, but Ernie, I'm curious, what do you, you think? How do you think uh, Bernard's game would fare in the, in the modern NBA and just transition um, through through the different iterations of some of the style of play that we've seen in the league? Bernard King could have played in any era. When it first started in the 80s, when you talk about the 80s, and we talk about Bird and Jordan and Dominique Wilkins and all these guys, just think, he was leading in scoring at that time. He could score at any era. Now today, there's so much switching. Bernard King would blow by any front court guys that were switching and would post up just in freelance with the clock going down any time that he had a mismatch, but he would go to one of his favorite areas. When you talk about guys who scored that amount of points back in the time of the hard foul, hand-checking, using the forearm on cutters to, to get to areas, to take that physical punishment in the 80s, 90s and the 2000s before they changed the rules. These guys could score against anybody because of the athleticism. And that's what we were hammering early on because you cannot take away 
the six, seven quickness, the fact he can go right or left, the fact that he could spin, he could face up and take you off the dribble. He didn't need the three-point game. And to say, would he adapt? Well, all of the players adapt. What, what, what are they making a big deal of today, right now? The fact that Durant is shooting over 60-some-odd percent in the twos. Oh, no kidding. Is that right? Are we talking about Bernard King facing up like Durant? Now, what's Durant's advantage? The elevation at 6'10", 6'11", or 7 foot, and the wingspan on the fade. Well, Bernard had that way back. He had the spins. He had the face-ups. He had the mid-range high percentages. And then just like Durant, you can't foul him. He could excel today. And I, I don't want to make any outrageous statements because he backed up everything that people said or questioned that he might not be able to do. He did it. And he did it with style and efficiency. Ernie, is there anyone in the, in the current NBA that reminds you of, of Bernard? Um, I don't think so. I think it's really hard to compare players from different eras. You know, I think we should enjoy these guys right now and their greatness, but also give credit to the guys that played in the 80s and 90s. That's right. You know, you can go back before then to Jerry West and Oscar Robertson. And I guarantee you, if they played in today's game, they would still be <laughs> top, top players because they'll figure it out. Yeah. Like you said, if if the three-point shot is what's so big right now, Bernard King would have been a really good three-point shooter because that's what he would have worked on. But he didn't work on that because that's not how the game was played at that time. When you look at his career and you step back and you say, yeah, he was an all-star player plenty of times, but he was also first-team All-NBA twice. Now, once he went down with that injury, that took him out of the first-team All-NBA category. So you're traveling with, you know, four other people at a height that's going worldwide reputation. And he could back it up. Now, we all know that when he came back, uh, he missed two years. He played six games uh, at the end of the one season. He averaged over, you know, 25. But they decided that he's going to get traded. He goes to Washington, and he still scores in Washington. But then the one year in Washington, he comes back, and he scores 28 a game. And that was in 1991. Now you think about all of the injuries that he had, even in Washington, that at 34 years of age, and in 90, he still could put up 28 in this league. And he did not have the incredible spin move in both in both legs that he had before that uh, ACL to that right knee. Well, he completely had to change his game because he didn't have the explosiveness and the speed that he had before the injury. Now, at that time, an ACL was really a career-ending kind of injury almost. Technology wasn't what it is today. Very, very few players came back uh, to be the same as they were before the injury. And to his credit, Bernard figured out how he can score and how he could be an effective player after not having the same explosion. And as you said, with Washington, he averaged 28 a game. 
and made the all-star team. And I think back in those days, up to that point, he was the only player ever who was an all-star, get hurt, and then come back after that injury and be an all-star again. And it was just a shame when he went down because he lost two years of a great time in his career, but he still came back to be able to put up big numbers. An absolute legend. Well, I can't thank you both enough for your time and for your memories. Um, Please know how much we all appreciate this. All right. See you Friday, Sarah. NBA Flashback is a production of iHeartRadio and the NBA. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.